This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We're moving through the book of Psalms. It's it's been exciting. One of the things that one of the things that I I think is important is to know the word of God. And when I say know it, I'm not just saying no, have have everything memorized and things like that. I'm just I'm just talking about the general flow and the stories of the Bible. And and to know the general flow and the stories of the Bible is important. Why? Because the Bible, the Bible, it interprets itself. We don't interpret the Bible. We use Scripture to interpret Scripture. The verses around a verse that you may not understand give that verse context and understanding. Then, obviously, the chapter around it, and then the chapters around that chapter in the book, and and then the rest of Scripture. All of Scripture, uh, really, what all of Scripture interprets itself. What we do is we search through Scripture. And we take passages that that explain a certain passage, and then we understand it. And then you say, what about when we have passages that we understand to be in conflict? They're not in conflict. What, what, they, what the issue is that you don't have the full context, you don't understand. And that's not a reason to throw up your hands. That's a reason to ask God and seek God out and try to figure out how those two passages fit together. It's like a very intricate, very difficult, very, and they have some of those out there. My Aunt Ruth, she, she loves to do puzzles, and there are some puzzles out there that are awful. One she did last year, if you see this puzzle, when you just see it put together, you think, that's a pretty puzzle. And then you start taking it apart, and you realize, that is awful. Is terrible. And then uh, my mom got her a puzzle, uh, got her puzzle for Christmas this year. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of the most God awful puzzles I've ever seen in my entire life. I, it has no borders. It, it has very little color to it. It's not pieces that fit together. It's like strings that fit together. It's just terrible. The word of God is sometimes very difficult to put together, but that doesn't mean it doesn't go together. That just means that you don't know how it goes together. And uh, let me say this, you say, if you expected it not to be so difficult, so hard sometimes to understand, remember that it is the revelation of God. It's the full revelation of Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh that's come to be with us. And if you think you're going to really just comprehend everything about God, just by sitting down and reading it like you would Dr. Seuss, um, that's not how it works. You, God's word is intricate because God is very, he's greater and more powerful and and more than we could ever imagine. And him being that way, him being that great, that powerful, and that more than we could ever imagine, him being that way is going to reflect in his word. It's gonna, it's just gonna, it's gonna be a part of that. And the desire and the want to to study God's word and to and to know God's word is very important because he uses that, he uses that to shine light on your circumstances and the world you live in. And he wants to use his word to shine light on the circumstances and the world uh, that you live in. And he wants you to know. And today is such a time and a season where we can know God's word. It's such a uh, it's such a time and a season where we can study God's word. Uh, one of the things you can do if you just want to know 
the general flow of God's word, there's there are there there are apps out there that will take you. In fact, there's apps out there that'll read you one of God's word. One of the things I like, one of the apps that I've used in the past is is the one year daily audio Bible. It's uh I don't you probably can't read that, but I, I go I've gone to the Google the Google podcast site, downloaded that, and it's a one year daily audio Bible. And what do they do? They read a portion of the Bible every day. And there's a guy on there. It's dramatic. He's he's a little bit dramatic. He's a little bit of a showman, but he is he's really good at reading the Bible. And he uses different different translations each week as he goes through it. And and it, it, it they're even listening to somebody read through uh, the Bible and just read the stories and tell read what's going on. Even listening through somebody doing that will will greatly increase over a year your understanding of how the Bible uh, flows and what all going on in the Bible and what's happening in the Bible. And I think it is absolutely important that in every way that you possibly can, that you're in taking God's word, that you're consuming scripture. When we get to Psalm 142, that's important because this is a story. This is a psalm that was written as a part of a story that we find in uh, the book of 1 Samuel. And the story is, the story's about David who was fleeing Saul. Remember, Saul was named king of Israel, and he was named king of Israel not because God uh, wanted him to be king of Israel. He was named king of Israel because the people demanded a king. And there is a problem with that. There's a problem with that if you demand a king, not that God wasn't going to give him a king, not that God hadn't promised him a king, but God had a king in mind. And then they wanted a king of their own. They wanted a king before God's timing. A lot of times we want certain things from God and we want certain promises of God, but we want them before God's timing comes about. And it always leads to pain and suffering and, and things that shouldn't be. There's lots of things in my life today that I still desire. I still have a strong urge and desire. Now, I would think if it, I would think if God didn't want me to have those things over time, He would have shown me that I shouldn't have them. So I still have those strong urges and desires. So the only thing I can assume, because they're not ungodly urges and desires, uh, the only thing I can assume is is that 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 God is preparing that for me down the road. And what does that mean? That means that I don't need to be forcing it right now. I need to wait on God, and I need to allow God to work His plan and His will out in full in full time, because he says he's going to give us the desires of the heart, of our heart. And he transitions our heart toward his will. And if, it, if as he's transitioning my heart toward his will, if I look out there and I see the things that, that I still desire these things, and I still want these things, and I know that God, God is, uh, God has not told me that's not a good thing, or that's not right, or that's not what part of my, what he's saying is, I'm, I'm going to do that, but you got to wait for the seasons to come. And seasons do come. They absolutely do come. Listen, I wanted to be an attorney when I was in college. I didn't become an attorney till I was 40 years old, almost 40 years old. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get those things. That just means that over time, and, and there were times in my life where I didn't imagine that was ever going to even be possible. And now it is. And I'm going to tell you that there are going to be other things in your life that you just don't see as possible. The children of Israel, they wanted a king immediately, and they got a bad one. They got Saul. When God was already preparing David to be king, uh, they got a bad one, and they got Saul. And so Saul wanted to kill David, and Saul began to chase David. And Saul began to hunt for David to kill him. Why? Because David had been anointed in his place, and Saul wanted to destroy him. And so he says, 
he, he, he hunts, he's hunting him. And David is hiding in a cave. This is all in first Samuel. And Saul comes about and he cuts, he cuts Saul's garment late in the evening to prove that he could have killed Saul, but he didn't want to kill Saul. And Saul repents because Saul knows he's doing wrong. Saul has the Holy Spirit and he knows that he's doing wrong by hunting David. But David is hiding in a cave. David has been promised to be king of Israel. He's been anointed king of Israel and he's being hunted by Saul. He's being hunted by Saul, the king. So you can imagine in David's circumstances, he considers the promises that God has already made to him in anointing him king of Israel. He considers them maybe elusive, maybe something that may not ever happen, something that won't happen. And he is struggling with that. And can you imagine that? Can you imagine having a direct promise from God that's uh, confirmed by uh, a prophet that comes and anoints you for that promise? And then you go and serve the king and you kill Goliath and you're a great warrior in the king's army. In fact, he makes you a general of his army and you, you destroy his enemies. And then all of a sudden he becomes so jealous of you that he wants you killed and he chases you around. And he, he even tries to use your best friend, who is his son, to uh, search you out and find you and kill you. You can imagine you're sitting there thinking, well, I had this promise and I knew God wanted me to have this promise. And I knew God wanted me to have these things. I knew these things were going to happen in my life. And then now I got Saul killing me. I got Saul chasing after me. And, and so maybe these promises are never going to happen. Maybe these promises are never going to come about. And you can imagine how how intense that can be for David and how, how his emotions are going to be on the edge. And David's already an emotional person anyway. And you can read that in the Psalms. He's a, he, he, sure he's a warrior and sure he's a mighty man of God, but he's also a musician. He has a tender side. He has a very loving side. And you can see that as he writes. And he's an emotional person. He's a person of emotion, of great emotion and great passion. And so when Saul is out there trying to kill him, when Saul's out there trying to trying to destroy him, you can just imagine he he's sitting there thinking I'm going I'm never going to get I'm never going to get the promises of God. I'm never going to the things that I knew I, I wanted or the things that God had promised to me. I'm never going to get those things. I'm lost. It's, it's just all over with. And when you have those emotions and when you have those feelings that come up in your heart and in your mind, um uh, First of all, you need to understand that God is still showing you his way and he's trying to change you. He's trying to fix you. He's trying to get you in line with his will. And second of all, his promises are not going away. Not, they don't go away. You just have to, you just got to, you just got to trust in him in the moment. You got to trust in him and allow him to show over time <clears throat> as you walk with him, you got to allow him over time to show you that those promises are real and, for, and, and, and and true. And notice David said, I cried out to the Lord with my voice to the Lord. I make my supplication. Notice he's saying, I'm crying. I'm, I'm not being quiet about it. I'm talking to God. That's the first most important thing you can be doing. You, you do know that, right? When you're mad at God, talk to him. When you're upset with the situation, talk to God. If you're struggling with uh, direction, go talk to God. If you're in the midst of the greatest experience of your life, Praise God. If you're if you're expecting something down the road and you don't know what to do in the moment, seek God out. Uh, the most important thing you can do with your life, and, and that is glorifying to God, is to walk in that relationship with God. Walk in that relationship with God. When No matter what the situation, make God a part of the situation. No matter what the circumstances, Make part God. Make God a, a, a part of your a moment and circumstance. If if you're walking in, if you're walking in 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 despair and and discouragement, 
strengthen yourself in the Lord as David did. If you're if you're walking if you're walking in shame and 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 disgust in and how you've lived your life, go seek God out and allow Him to instruct you in His ways. You notice everything in life revolves around God. Why? He's the author of life. And so David said, I cried out to God. I sought him out. I went and made supplication to him. I wanted him to, to be a part of my situation. I wanted him to be a part of the, the, the problems that I'm facing. He said, I poured out my complaint before him. He said, you anointed me king. You, it looked like you everything was working toward that. And now the king is out to kill me and I'm going to be dead. And it's going to be real hard for me to be dead, God, to be king, God, if I'm dead. And I'm not very happy about it. And I'm pouring out my complaint before you. You notice David's not happy with the situation. He's not happy with God. Who's he talking to? God, great. Nothing wrong with that. If you're struggling with, with something and you, you, you don't understand it and you're mad at God, perfect person to talk to. By the way, this is a common practice of David in Scripture. You can see it all the time in Scripture. When David's got an issue with God, you know who goes to talk to? God. Don't be a coward. Don't be a coward. God wants, God, God, a coward has a problem with somebody and doesn't deal. Be, be bold before God. He wants you to be bold, by the way. He likes that about, about, about his believers, that they boldly walk by faith up in front of him and, and ask him what's going on and, and seek out information and knowledge and understanding and wisdom. So go talk to him. Go tell him. And that's what David did. He said, I brought my request before me. He said, I poured out my complaint before him. I declared before him my trouble. Hey, great. God loves that. God wants you there. He wants you there talking to him about it. It's the perfect place to be. It's where life is found. Go do it. Go find him in, in that moment. He said, when my spirit was, by the way, but when you do it, you go understand, You got to understand he's going to change you in the midst of it. He is. He's going to fix you. He's going to direct you. He's going to push you toward great things in the midst of it. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, he said, then you knew my path. Notice, I'm just being overwhelmed by the situation. I am totally overwhelmed by the emotion of the moment. He said, he says, when I, and when that, he said, I poured out my complaint before him and I cleared before him my trouble. And then when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, that's deep inside. That's where the Holy Spirit has placed you a new spirit. He said, when my spirit <clears throat> was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. Who knows the way? God does. He said, in the way in which I walk, they have secretly set snares before me. He's saying, out there in front of me, the path that I'm walking, the path that you've placed me on, there's snares out there. And you know what? Listen to me. There were snares for David. There's snares for you. There are. Cool thing about God is sometimes he tells us the things we need to know. And sometimes he doesn't tell us the things that uh, might make us just absolutely. If you really knew everything that was going on around you, spiritually speaking, I'm not just talking about for you. I'm just talking about for everybody around you. If you really walked around like Jesus did and saw all the spiritual work going on around you, you I, I want to be like my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I do. I want to be like him. I want to be just like him. But let me tell you something. I, I don't know that I necessarily want to live my whole life just like he lived his whole life. Because if I could see all the problems and issues and pain and suffering and all the things that all, all the things that could happen around me and that are going on around me, the spiritual battles that are taking place around me, if I could really actually see them, 
I, I think I just go jump in the bed and put the covers over my head and say, wake me up when it's all over, Jesus. Thank God I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything right now. I don't need to know everything that's going to happen. I can't, couldn't really handle it. I couldn't really even, I couldn't even really deal with it if I knew it all. And that's why Jesus didn't even get, doesn't even tell us the day or the hour. Because Jesus knew, if we knew what the day and the hour when Jesus was going to come back, if we knew when that was going to happen, y'all know what we'd do? We'd all dig giant holes in the yard, put those uh, track containers in those holes, and and we just live in them things until Jesus came back. You would, you would. And so he he said, I ain't telling you when I'm coming back. Not telling you when I'm coming back. You know why? You got to live in this world. He said, said, be in the world, but not of the world. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but I've overcome the world. We've got to continue to live life. And we've got to continue to find his path for us. And he says, you've set my path, but there's snares down the road. That's true. True. God set our path, and there are snares down the road. He's still working on us, okay? He says, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. He's saying, I got no friends. I got nobody with me now. I'm all by myself. Let me tell you something else. Sometimes when you are all by yourself and you feel like you're all alone with God, Sometimes when you're all by yourself and you feel like you're all alone with God, that's the best place to be. That is the best place to be because it's just you and him. You're going to grow the most there. You're going to become the most there. You don't always have to have somebody holding your hand. God is holding your hand. And so sometimes God takes you out into the wilderness and he makes you be out in the wilderness by yourself alone and walking with him alone. You know why? Because there's power with you and him. There's power in that relationship. And and David said, listen, I looked on my right hand and see, there's no one that acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. Now that's that that that's the definition of a pity party going on right there, isn't it? That it really is. It's a pity party. David's having this big old pity party. Nobody's with me. Nobody cares. I'm all by myself great place to be. You're not all by yourself. You're never all by yourself. Listen to me. You're never, ever, ever, ever by yourself. You know why? Because God said, I never leave you nor forsake you. He don't, he's not a man that he should lie. He's not ever left you and he's not ever forsook, forsook you. So you need to listen to me. You're not all alone. At no point in time ever are you all by yourself. You are not. God's always with you. If nobody's with you, God's with you. Okay. All right. So even if you feel that way, even if you say, but I feel that way. I know you do. Too bad. Too bad. You need to trust God. He's got you there for a moment. He's got you there for that time. He said, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the hand of the living, in the land of the living. That's right. God is your refuge. God is your is the source of your understanding, knowledge, truth, power. He is. God is your refuge. Nobody else is. God is. Can I say that again? There's power in understanding that. Nobody else is. God is. Nobody else is. Your pastor, he'll fail you, okay? Okay? Your family, they'll fail you. Your friends, they'll walk away. Everybody, every, every, everybody, your church, they won't figure out that you're in trouble. You, it, 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 everybody is messed up. They're not going to, you can't trust in us. Don't trust in us, okay? Trust in God. And then he's going to, he's going to send help in mad, wonderful, powerful ways. He is going to do it. Going to do it, no doubt about it. He is going to do it. But learning to walk with God alone is a powerful, mature place to be. I want you to hear me today. 
learning to walk with God alone is a powerful and mature place to be. He says, bring my soul. Um, he says, attend to my cry for I'm brought, brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they are stronger than I. He's telling them that's truth. They were stronger than he was. There's no doubt about it. They were stronger than him and they were, they were persecuting him and he is feeling real low and he is crying deep within his heart. He's crying deep with his heart. He's being persecuted. He, see, he, he, he feels like he's in the worst possible place. He feels all alone. Okay, great. You're not alone. You're with God. And, and he says then, he says, that's why he says, attend to my cry. He says, bring my soul out of prison. Your soul's really not in prison. It's only in a prison of your own making, by the way. You, you've been set free. Those who've been set free are free indeed. David feels like his soul's in prison. And you can feel that way too. And there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. But when you feel that way, you need to understand that your feelings are not in line with God's word. Just because I feel a certain way, just because I feel a certain way does not mean that my feelings are in line with the truth. They're not in line with the truth. Okay. They may be showing me things. They may be revealing truth to me, but they're not, but, but, but when my feelings rule over me rather than God ruling over me, when my feelings rule over, over me more than his, more than his revelation rules over me, when my feelings rule over me more than what he has shown me in my heart, my mind to be true, then I have to reject my feelings. And I have to accept or walk in faith in what God has revealed to me. Got to do it. Got to do it. Just a little clap my hands right at you right now. and say, Get up. Got to. Sorry. He says, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name. Now notice he knows he's got to, he's got to get out of this so that he can be who he's supposed to be. He says, the, uh, um, the righteous shall surround me. For you shall deal bountifully with me. He knows that God's per per he's, he's his portion. He's his prize. He's his he's his fullness. He knows that about God. He knows that who that's who God is. He he realizes that, and you do too. You do too. You know that's who God is. They, that He's your portion and your prize. You do. And by knowing that, and by knowing that, and then believing that, and by believing that, and then walking in that, you glorify God. God is our portion and our prize. He is our, our deliverer. He is our strong foundation. He's our salvation. He's our power. He, he's, our, he's our love. He's our goodness. He's our greatness. He's all that we've ever wanted or all that we ever needed. All right? You got to believe it, and then you got to walk in it. got to believe it, then you got to walk in it, okay? And that's just the way life is. got to do that. There's really no other way. There's really no other way to do life. If you do life that way, that's where you can have his very best. He says, for you shall deal bountifully with me. Trust me, God is dealing bountifully with you. He is. He loves you and you, your family loves you, but they don't always, your friends like you, but they don't always love you. Your wife and husband, sometimes they want to kill you, okay? But God, he wants to give you life. <laughs> He wants to love you and you to know his love. And he wants to know that he actually enjoys who you are. Deep down, the person that he's making you into is really a wonderful thing. And he really likes you and loves you. And I say to you today that, that God is in full knowledge of the circumstances of your life. The question is, do you see them from his perspective yet or not? And if you don't, 
You're not lost. He has the answer. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.